Welcome, fraud fighters, to another episode of the Digital Trust and Safety Insider Podcast, brought to you by SIFT, the leader in digital trust and safety. Today, we're joined by Jane Lee, trust and safety architect at SIFT. Jane specializes in malicious websites, spam, misinformation, and payments risk. And before joining SIFT, was on teams at Facebook and Square. Jane also spent some time as a private investigator, which turned out to be highly useful during a recent online sting operation where she went undercover on dating sites to expose crypto fraudsters running what's known as the pig butchering scam, a romance-based scheme in which victims are fattened up by promises of love and money, only to be left financially and emotionally devastated. I'm your host, Arwen Heredia, and this is The Pig Butchers of Crypto. Uh, so welcome, Jane. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. And hi, Arwen. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so um, you have been speaking about evolving fraud all over the country lately, um, especially when it comes to attacks involving alternative payments. So what exactly is this pig butchering scam? How does it work? Who are the targets? What are we looking at? Yeah, so pig butchering um, scam, it essentially, I think, First, to dissect the pig butchering um, term, that is a term that's been coined by the scammers themselves. Mm. Uh, and so basically, they refer to their victims that they find on dating apps as pigs, um, which they Sweet. are, they then, uh, I know it's completely morbid, but, uh, you know, they, they, their victims are the pigs, they fatten, they plumpen them up, um, and then they go in for the slaughter. Again, it's, it's honestly a breaks my heart that they Mm -hmm. refer to their victims in this way. Um, But essentially, uh, pig butchering marries crypto uh, with romance scams, the traditional romance scams that we know. And so how it first starts off is the uh, scammers find their victims on um, dating apps. And then from there, they uh, quickly move over to to an encrypted messaging platform. And so in this case, uh, WhatsApp was a was one that was very commonly used. And their whole reason for moving people over to another platform, one, because it's encrypted, it makes it all the more challenging for for any specific team to really um, monitor. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they are doing essentially is fragmenting their risks across different platforms, right? So Mm -hmm. um, they want to minimize the chance that they'll be flagged on the dating app. They want to minimize the chance that they'll be flagged by whatever um, traditional messaging platforms. And so once on WhatsApp, uh, you know, they they start love bombing their their targets, um, you know, promising lavish gifts, mm-hmm. telling them how beautiful they are. And um, and then from there, uh, they insert, you know, some form of manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk uh, about how successful they are in business. They're trying to pose as successful business people, um, typically from overseas. And, um, you know, when we talk about this scam objectively, I think what uh, listeners have a hard time understanding is that these aren't happening in siloed like phases. Uh, They're kind of all melding together. And so um, it it really feels like a natural kind of um, part of any conversation that you would have with anyone you have a relationship with. Um, Yeah. And so from there, uh, they then quickly or what makes this um, scam unique compared to the traditional romance scams is um, the technological sophistication. And so ultimately um, your scammer lover 
will direct you to a fake crypto trading platform that looks very, very similar to any legitimate trading platform. The values of cryptocurrencies are the same. So if you wanted to just cross check to see if the Bitcoin price, you know, if Bitcoin said it was at $52,000 and you cross check that on just by doing a Google search, it would it would check out. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, this platform is entirely managed by them. Initially, you know, you see high returns in your investment um, and then ultimately um, you're just kind of left in the dust um, when they they've milked you for all your worth. Let me understand a little bit more about how those fake platforms look. So are we talking they've got an entire login system set up so that you go through the entire process of entering credentials and putting in financial institution information and all of those things that you would ordinarily maybe do to enter a platform like this? Uh, Yeah, so yes and no. Um, So how it works, you do, uh, there is an account creation process. So you create a username, password. there is a like a pseudo verification process that you know they they do have to emulate like a legitimate uh you know verification or kyc but it was it was not at all what um you know your traditional financial institutions or you know fintech even does um and then you know you don't have to enter in your bank information but uh what the what the account has is a wallet. Uh, a wallet is essentially um, the account in which uh, the crypto funds can be held in, right? Gotcha. And so um, the other thing that's unique, you know, uh, about this is that any in any legitimate case or account that gets set up, um, your wallet address is tied to you, right? It really shouldn't right. be shared with anyone else, um, but uh, you know, we did some investigation and uh, were able to track the transactions moving mm-hmm. in and out of um, this particular wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we saw up to $130,000, I believe, being being oh, moved wow. around in this wallet that supposedly belonged to me. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I'm curious, like, about the credential piece of this, too, which is something I we haven't really touched on. But is it something that was thought about that they could then use uh, that email and password combination that you had entered in that fake platform to then go attempt to hack other accounts that that you might own? Yeah, you know, I actually thought about this, and um, I, for that very reason, I used a um, a throwaway domain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there are plenty of disposable email addresses out there, and. Um, yeah, I I would not be surprised at all if they then, um, you know, retained the username and password combinations and, you know, put it into to their database. We actually, um, you know, this is a story that we tell a lot when we talk about data breaches and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how these criminals are known to have their own databases and, um, you know, it's what fuels credential stuffing attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I did not go so far to verify that with this particular investigation that I did, Mm -hmm. but um, I think it's very possible that they are doing that. Fascinating um, and terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. How, how, I mean, fraudsters will fraud. Uh, How did you approach the situation when you were originally kind of mapping out 
what this investigation was going to look like? What were your considerations? Yeah, so it was actually the it was interesting the way we started. Um, basically, you know, one of my roles is to to stay up to date on emerging fraud trends, right? And so we within our global data network or dating app network, um, I should say, um, just we were flagged this anomalous type of behavior. And so, um, you know, once I saw the, the, the accounts that we were looking at and the content that we were looking at, um, being the occasional dating app dabbler myself, mm-hmm. I, I quickly recognized, Hey, this is, I've seen this before and I've mm-hmm. seen it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from there, you know, what I, another part of what I'm supposed to do as, in, as part of my role is to make sure, Hey, uh, that our customers are protected against this. So, you know, coordinating with the different product engineering um, and the customer teams that we do partner with or work with. Um, and so that was my goal when I started out. I just want to know what they're doing, what this mm-hmm. process looks like, um, make sure that we are effective in this fight against them. Um, and then it just kind of evolved to what it is today it mm-hmm. became you know to it, it's i would say now we're doing a lot more um advocacy on on the dangers and the 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 potential damage but it didn't start off um this way this was not my intention but yeah. it, you know it's been very interesting to just see it naturally um evolve mm-hmm. uh, just based on what we were learning about how the scam was working absolutely um and we've learned a lot uh and one of those things I'm interested in you sort of talking about is why it is that you think that crypto and like crypto scams and online dating make for such a dangerous duo. Yeah. You know, I think it's really a sign of the times we are, most of the world is coming out of COVID lockdowns. Well, I guess there are parts of the world that are going back into lockdown, but you know, yeah, but more, you know, uh, we were cooped up for, a year and a half, two years. And so I think there's that angst amongst people to really want to connect, mm-hmm. um, you know, find a partner, you know, it's been a lonely time for a lot of people. Sure. And so there's, I think that driving the, uh, the online dating app usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part is um, cryptocurrency just being a really, really hot topic right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone's talking about it. I, I've started traveling for conferences again, and um, crypto is dominating all of the sessions that people want to learn about, that merchants want to learn about. And so I think that reflects um, what the consumers are looking at as well. And so um, the unfortunate case is that I think, not just with crypto, but just um, financial literacy. So there's a lot of crypto advocacy, but um not everyone understands um how it works mm-hmm. you know where what what type of um activity is legitimate what happens to funds once you send it and so i think it's a combination of the two where um you know you have folks that are lonely and then you have on the other side of the coin um, you're hearing about lots of people becoming successful because they bought bitcoin early right that's a very common yep. um yep theme or story that is told. And so it's uh, the new get rich quick. Yeah, uh, exactly. Method. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, So speaking of um, 
the, the fact that many people don't really know how to recognize these types of things. And going back to what you said earlier regarding how the fake crypto platform looked legitimate enough. And so maybe for someone like you who has a lot of experience here, like you knew pretty quickly that was not a legitimate crypto platform. But for average folks just on a dating site to be dating, they maybe aren't going to notice that this is not going through the appropriate steps um, and, and not feeling like something is off in the same way. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for merchants and even trust and safety analysts who are working on behalf of their businesses to develop best practices for customers to help them better understand the fraud risks that they're facing when they sign up on these types of platforms? Um, what, what can we do to help people avoid, you know, bidding, getting put on the chopping block, so to speak? Yeah, on the merchant side, definitely these accounts are being created in mass, I believe, and it, it just really goes to show just based on how prevalent they are on the apps. And so, uh, you know, merch, and when I say merchants, I'm talking about the dating platforms, mm -hmm. they need to be leveraging the signals that they do have on like, let's say account creation, right? If you see a bunch of um, similar looking accounts, you know, either using the same device, creating these accounts that are getting flagged, right? Are you leveraging that information, that data that you already do hold um, to do basically behavioral analysis and, and come to an accurate decision so you prevent them from signing up or you prevent them from interacting with well-meaning users on your platform? So um, really advocate for on the business side, um, more proactiveness, um, looking at those signals, leveraging the correct technology to do so. Um, on the consumer side, uh, you know, I feel like it's every week you hear about, especially, you know, I'm describing crypto as a part of the fintech center, but, uh, fintech sector, excuse me, mm -hmm. but you hear about a new startup popping up weekly there's a new startup that just got a series a you know so yep. it's hard to keep track of what is legitimate what is a you know i haven't heard of half of these you know new platforms um have mm -hmm. had it not been for my job you know totally and so i'm um, just doing a quick quick google search uh, i would say if you are given a particular platform name and you're suspicious um, the legitimate ones would usually have a presence on search engines these, uh, the ones that I uh, was directed to by my scammer boyfriend, um, I, out of curiosity, um, out of curiosity, I did a Google search and it wasn't indexed by Google. So that is a pretty telling sign. Um, another thing, just look to see if they have a presence on an app store. There are plenty of legitimate platforms you can use. Um, and, you know, uh, the legitimate ones typically do have some sort of online presence. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a few other things, these uh, similar to any type of relationship, right? Avoid moving too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I Great think it's a, across the board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and these, these criminals, they basically, you know, when I talk about love bombing, mm -hmm. um, it, that is like a psychological tactic, right? It really on the victim's end, you know, everyone wants to hear that they're loved. It's a, it's a human you know, innate human thing to want, but, you know, I would say any good thing or any sustainable thing needs time, whether it be relationships or 
financial growth. And so investment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yep. so, you know, um, if the love bombing is a red flag, if someone just right off the bat is, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think mine basically told me that he wanted to plan a, tri- a trip to Osaka, uh, oh, that's sometime. very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, that's actually, I mean, and that's very close to advice that we we give to people all the time anyway, that basically yeah. if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, especially with um, in finance and investments, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, this, I feel harsh for saying this, but it's true. If if it were that easy to be rich, we'd all be rich. We would right? all be rich. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything unexpected that maybe came out uh, as a result of you having this undercover adventure? I know that you've you've talked about it at a bunch of different places, conferences, and other other areas. But what what aren't we? What didn't we expect to happen? Yeah, you know, I think a couple things that come to mind. Firstly, I didn't realize how um, close within just my personal network Mm -hmm. um, that this was happening. So I, well, actually, I also learned I have pretty good hype hype women friends. And so they were like sharing my article when it came out and they were sharing the blog. Wonderful. Um, And I've had, yeah. um, And I had several of them tell me that, either their coworker or their coworker knew somebody after seeing the coverage that we got mm-hmm. for, for this, um, that was either a victim or they were currently being baited by these scammers. Oh, wow. And so I was really surprised to find out how close to home it was hitting. Yep. Um, and then, you know, in that same vein, I wasn't expecting um, victims to come forward to me directly. And so, you know, on social media, I've been getting a lot of people contacting me, telling them that, um, that they too have encountered this. And so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people have kept quiet about it until now because they're, they they do feel a sense of shame, you know, when they do realize that they were um, scammed out of this money. But I think that's, that really is counterproductive to, you know, putting this to an end, right? I, I, Absolutely. The, the advocacy, advocacy is the the missing piece here, and so um, you know, any chance that I have to talk about it, I'm happy to happy to you know save even one person from from forking over their money. Well, we really appreciate that. And uh, absolutely, any light that you're shedding on this kind of scam that's happening, any way that we can get the word out to help people and, and businesses protect themselves against these types of um, very exploitative attacks that are happening. Uh, and it does seem that given the influx of comments that you're getting from your network that this is spreading. So this is not something that's going away anytime soon. This is a technique that is probably going to evolve even further. Um, so thank you again for, for going undercover and kind of taking that risk, uh, on behalf of folks and, um, exposing, uh, what's going on behind the scenes on these dating sites. Thank you, Jane, so much for being on the digital trust and safety insider podcast today, presented by SIFT, the leader in digital trust and safety. For more fraud news and insights from our team of trust and safety architects, follow us on Twitter at GetSift and check out our new fraud intelligence center at sift.com slash fraud hyphen center. 